0: Hi there, it's Ryan again. This week, Allison and I continue our conversation with Ross Lawrence. Ross has experienced a ton of success since graduation and we're going to learn more about the choices he made to get to where he is today and the choices he currently is making to help him achieve his long-term goals. As before, it's a great conversation and a fun conversation. Enjoy. Now that you own the firm, uh, the name has changed. I'm, I'm curious about the, the name White Ember. Uh, what, what does that mean and how did you settle on that name?
1: Sure, well, most, most financial advisor firms are named after the person who owns them. So ours was Hoffman Financial Resources, you have Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch. Uh, most people name it after themselves. There's two reasons that we named it White Ember financial, uh, financial Planning. One is that I wanted our clients to know that it's not just about me. That mm-hmm. as our firm grows, as we add new technology, I want to make sure that they know that we are a team. It's not just one financial advisor with a part-time assistant. There are five people in our office and five people that are specialized in what they do. I know I don't have all the answers and I want them to feel comfortable talking to others. Um, in some of the practices that uh, that I shadowed, that I talked to, you know, every single time the phone rang, that client wanted to talk to whomever was in charge. At our office, that is not the case. Our clients are very comfortable talking to whomever it is because they know if they get transferred to one of our teammates, that's the right person to answer their question. But two, when we were thinking about naming... you know, when. We decided to make a business transition, and we moved from LPL to Satira. We joined a RIA; those terms don't make sense to to anyone besides me, or if you're in the industry. But we made a huge business change. Every single one of our clients had to sign paperwork actually to come with us. Uh, We changed the name, uh, got a new website, all new branding. uh, And the hardest part of all that, or one of the hardest parts, was coming up with a name. How the (laughs) heck? What what the heck were we going to name this? Uh, And we settled on White Ember Financial Planning. Uh, because I feel very strongly uh, that we, um, we are managing people's life savings. Uh, that is really the core of many families. Whether they acknowledge it or not, whether, whether they think about it or not, that is the core of many families. Uh, money is not the be-all end-all, but it is absolutely a necessary tool in our world as it is today. But if you take it back to, to our great-great-great-grandfathers, uh, they were hunter-gatherers. Every day they would come around uh, the fire at the end of the night and that would be their heat that would keep predators away uh, that would keep them warm uh, and really the whole family evolved around the fire uh, in fact in the middle of the night people would get up to stoke the fire to make sure it didn't go out they would never let those embers go white with ash well today we don't have fire we're not worried about heating our homes in in many cases but we let uh, the fire of our finances go white with ash. No one's really thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why we have so much credit card debt. That's why we all have so much student loans, uh, because not a lot of people put the time or effort into it. Uh, They think that, hey, you know, um, I'm saving money for college or for retirement or whatever it is. I'm sure it's good. But they don't take the time to actually think about it. Uh, And that is what we are here to to help our clients do, is brush off the, the white... Um, the white ash from the ember and relight the fire of our clients' finances. Nice. Took a long time to come up with that. Let, no, me, let me tell you. That's a really <laughs> that's,
2: cool name, though. That's a really name sake. and a
0: really and a really great story. I mean, that's that's just a great story. Um, going back to the firm really quickly how how has the firm changed um, under your leadership? Because you know we had advisor Ross, now we have owner Ross. Um, and we could talk about how you know the difference between your two roles, but just the firm in itself—how um, has it changed, or has it really changed in any ways?
1: It has changed. Uh, it, it is the same. The same morals and the same values um, are, are going forward. You know, Greg Hoffman, my 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 friend, then my boss, then my partner, uh, then my employee, and of course my friend through the whole whole process he really instilled in me and he's still uh, my mentor that kind of guides that however we have made several changes starting with the the, with the name change that we didn't have to do Uh, changing broker dealers and making all of our clients go to a different firm Um, that was scary because I'd only owned the firm for a year and a half did our clients trust us enough to to move over to the the new form firm luckily the answer was yes almost across the board uh, everybody came with us and in fact because of all the hype Uh, In the upgrades, as I I put it, um, we had more clients join us just because of of the buzz. Uh, However, we spent almost a quarter million dollars on technology and the move just to get us where we want to go. This morning, I was uh, bringing us, if you go to any financial advisor's office, the norm is they kind of hand you a packet of papers with your performance and kind of show you. Um, This morning, I was... uh, Pricing and spending some time with some technology guys on buying touch huge 85 inch TVs for the wall of all our rooms so we can go up and clients can actually touch things and move things around. Um, and we're really investing that way. For instance, right now we're talking millennial clients we had a 22-year-old a that just just graduated and wanted to invest start investing. Uh, because of our technology, we don't even have to have a minimum. Where most advisors of our size would have a, mil, a minimum of a million dollars or more. And uh, we are right now opening a $1,000 Roth IRA uh, for, for a millennial client. And they did that all online. They literally went to our website, scrolled down. We just had to click a couple buttons on our side to send them paperwork. So that is the technology that we are um, investing in have invested in just to be the best firm. not now not 10 years from now but 15 or 20 years down the line we still want to be uh, the go-to for trusted advice
0: interesting you know you just said like you want to be a firm 10 15 20 years down the line that sounds like something I would totally expect owner Roth to say so, what's the major difference between Owner Ross and who you were before, Advisor Ross? That's what, I guess that's what we're calling the two things: Advisor <laughs> Ross and is, Owner is Ross. It? Okay, Advisor Ross, Owner Ross. Is it that sort of long-term look,
1: or 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 not? Is it something else? You know what I I am I think the biggest difference is I always kind of had a lot of Owner Ross in me, mm-hmm. uh, and in fact, you know, I, I joke that I'm a financial advisor that wants to, wants to be an owner, I guess, more than a financial advisor. And I want to build a firm uh, that can withstand the ages. Where if I get hit by a bus today, I know that my firm would be still trusted by my clients, by my family, by my mother. I want to make sure that I am not the core of this business and uh, one of my favorite things whether it be uh, in the business strategy classes or the entrepreneurship classes with Mark Zweig or any of those it's the long-term thinking that's what I enjoy is the strategic thinking of where the business can go and how do we get there and how do we provide the best value so clients want to come to us you know it's so cliche to say you know you want to be the best uh, but I, I do or I, at least I want to strive To be the best, because the second you stop, the second you say, you know what, we're good where we are, that's where your firm starts declining. In whatever job you are, as soon as you say, I made it, I'm good to go, I'm happy where I am, that's when uh, everything starts to kind of go downhill. Um, And we just want to make sure that our firm never does that, because I mean, realistically, you know, I heard a. A podcast a couple months ago said the first person to turn 150 years old statistically has already been born. Hmm. So, if the average person right now is retiring at 65, that's a whole heck of a long time uh, that they would have to work with our firm. And I want to make sure that our firm stays relevant um, and they don't have to worry about switching financial advisors uh, in the future. Cool.
2: Thank you. Um, so, we read in your epic spotlight that one of your goals was to compete in the Ironman race marathon. Uh, and you recently were able to do that, right? Did,
1: did a half Ironman. Yep. yep That's awesome. Yep.
2: Congratulations. So can you, you tell us about that process?
1: Well, so I've always kind of wanted to do an Ironman. I actually last night pushed the button and signed up for the full Ironman Texas on April 28th. Uh, so that'll be uh, the goal going forward. Um, but it kind of all started in the back of my head. I've always wanted to do it. I ran cross country and in, uh, in high school and had some buddies that were competing in those. I just thought it Sounded neat, you know, to be an Iron Man. Well, the day, I I won't say the day, the month that I bought the firm, I bought the firm on January 1st of 2016 was when it became uh, official, I guess. And within a month, I very quickly came to the conclusion that I was not treating my body very well at all. I was eating terribly. I was spending a ton of money on McDonald's, on dollar cheeseburgers. Uh, I didn't feel good, but more so when it got to, I won't even say, you know, everybody talks about when you get to three o'clock and you're feeling, it would be like 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, how long do we have left in the day? I was just exhausted from making all the ownership decisions and going out and talking to clients. My days were just packed. So I was like, what do I need to do? Well, first I, I really quickly, I've never eaten breakfast. Ever that month, I started eating breakfast. I now I got a a, a bullet. I have two I have two apartments. I have one at both, and every single morning I make a, a blast with with really terrible sounding ingredients: cod liver oil, bee pollen, uh, maca root powder. Uh, it is, in fact, my wife tried it once and she will never try it again. But it, it <laughs> tastes terrible. And I have over the past two years gotten a little better at the recipe, um, but it tastes. Terrible. It, in my mind, it was just fuel. I needed to chug something in the morning uh, to, to boost my, myself. But then I was like, okay, so now I've got my t- nutrition's doing a little bit better. I'm actually getting the n- ingredients and, and uh, I guess nutrients that I need. But then it was like, okay, I, I need to work out. I need to do something um, to really boost my, uh, my metabolism, my energy more so. Energy was the big focus for me and it became, okay, let's work out. I hate working out. No one I mean I have friends that love to go to the gym every day uh, and lift weights. That was not me. I don't like to go out and run just for things. I needed to set a goal to not just work out, but I needed to train. I needed to have a goal to be able to see progress. Uh, so that's when it became, okay, let's try this half uh, half Ironman and I uh, I had to set a goal and I knew that I did not have time to train. Literally uh, it was my 30th birthday weekend. On September September 10th was the uh, the half Ironman, and it was April April 24th when we did uh, push the button to make this huge business transition. We were on firing on all cylinders for about three months. I did not have the time to train, but on right before the transition, I hired a coach and I said, you know what? I don't have the time to do this. We need to figure this out. Uh, so I was getting up early. I was staying up late to work out, uh, and even though. I was working huge long hours, you know, 70-80 hours a week. I was still putting in 10 to 12 hours of working out uh, every single day, uh, and it really helped me during that transition of just keeping the energy up. Uh, so then I hit that goal and I'm like, "Okay, now I got to uh, keep going and uh, now doing the trying to do the full Ironman." So that's it came about because I needed more energy and I needed to figure out a way to get it. So it was just a way to kind of funnel it. It's
0: cool. What, uh, what's the hardest part, the run, the swim, or the cycling?
1: So I when I started, I thought it was a swim. I actually taught swim lessons. I was a lifeguard here in Fayetteville oh, okay. at the Wilson Park Pool. Uh, but teaching people to swim and actually swimming for any distance <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> is very different. Um, so actually, that's one of the reasons I hired my coach is so she could teach me how to swim uh, long distance. So, so I thought that that was uh, going to be the hardest. And when I did the Half Ironman, that was one of my best Best one. So I would say right now, because I come from the running background, the bike, you know, biking in this case for this race will be between six and seven hours of biking after an hour to two hour swim before a marathon. So that'll probably be the biggest uh,
2: challenge. Wow. So, do you have any advice for young Walton students who are trying to figure out how to balance their career and those personal goals?
1: You know, I would say that, you know, one of my, I guess one of my, um, Sayings that I that I stole that I didn't make up is live live your life by design not by default. You know when you every morning when I wake up, uh, me and my wife for the past couple years uh, on New Year's Day weekend I guess usually uh, we sit down and on a big old pad of paper, you know like three foot by two foot pad of paper and we write all our goals out in sharpie. Uh, for and we break them down by quarter, uh, and they're fun goals. Uh, they're not all business goals by any means, and not all workout goals. Uh, they're fun goals. Just make uh, make those goals because if you don't, then life will really pass you by. Uh, there is enough hours in the day for everything. You know, if you were to ask my wife, uh, how our uh, I guess relationship. Uh, is do we spend enough time together I think I, I, I don't have to think I know that she would say oh we have a great relationship we spend a ton of time together yet I am still working out 12 to 14 hours a week yet I'm still running a business in two different cities um, and it's because we make the time to do it uh, like last night uh, we had to get our workouts done really really quickly because we wanted to watch a movie and eat tacos together and that, that <laughs> was it um, so making goals not just on the business side and I know in college you know, that, that was, those were all my goals. It was how do I get out of college, get a good job, and, the, and then from there, the, life is made. Well, I actually wrote an article uh, a couple years back uh, for a finance article, and one of my tips was, you know, you graduate from college, you think you got it, you get a good job, and you just think that you're going to be driving a BMW around, buying huge uh, canary diamond uh, engagement rings, a huge house right off the bat, and that is not the case no one actually does that but that's the thought of every person that's about to graduate and get a job and the sooner that you find out uh, that that really is not the life goal that the life goal is that balance between you know, your personal and your work do when you're working uh, you need to love it when you're home you need to focus um, I uh, always uh, turn off my my phone I don't turn off my phone I turn off work So I'm not answering emails on the weekend or after hours. Uh, I am there uh, just to be in the moment and not stressing about what's coming up. And sometimes that's easier said than done. That's true. But if you set that as the goal, um, everything else will will follow.
2: So you say you write down all of these different goals, too. um, But has there ever been a time where you just couldn't match a goal, didn't make it? And how did you cope with that?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, All the time all the time and in fact one of my you know uh, one of my goals is in nine and a half years i want to have our firm at a billion dollars right now we're only at 120 million so we got a long way to go um and i have a i have a business coach i have my endurance coach i, I am always trying to pull in and when i uh, the reason i'm with the coach that i had is when i was telling other advisors that i was just kind of networking with what my goals were they would all just sit there and kind of think, like, literally tell me like you're not going to hit that that's way too big uh, and the first the reason I chose my coach is because when I told them that they're like, okay, and then what? Like what's your life going on from there? Everybody treats goals like, you know the smack certified. Uh, you have to have a it has to be a ta- the one that I have uh, trouble with is attainable. Is it attainable? If I shoot for a billion dollars in nine and a half years and I come up at 800 million, I'm not gonna be upset about it. It's gonna <laughs> be great of um, I I don't. You know, there are people out there, absolutely, I have them in my life, that if they don't meet a goal, they're really upset. If their goal is to lose 20 pounds and they lose 15, they're not even going to go forward because they just failed. They missed that goal. How I think of it is, you just lost 15 pounds, you're doing great. (laughs) So on my goal sheet right now, I would say for this year so far, I have not even attempted about half of them. But they're going on my goals for next year and we're going to keep on going. like one in there there's some of them are stupid goals like we are gonna um, go uh, uh, hiking uh, on the Buffalo River and see a glory hole and we never have been able to do that this year. Another one is to get my motorcycle license. Uh, haven't I started taking lessons and then I couldn't finish uh, Next year on top of all this is to get my pilots license so I'm always just adding fun goals on there uh, but we always go into it with, we're going to try. It's on paper. It's staring at us. I actually have them laminated in my shower as well, uh, just so I can see them and they're always in front of me. But if I don't miss if I don't make them, you know, it's not the end of the world. In fact, I don't even bat an eye. It's like, okay, now I just need to move that up the priority list for next year. Okay, cool. Cool. So say, you
0: know, right now, say there's somebody in classroom 116 that wants to follow your career path. Um, What would you tell them? What should they be doing right now as a student?
1: Man, I wish I wish there were 20 kids, 30 kids, 40 kids out there that wanted into this <laughs> career. And I, I think it's one of the un, most underrated uh, careers that they can go into in the Walton College because there's such an opportunity. Uh, this is not my, my stat, but I read that over the next 10 years, $41 trillion will move uh, from generation to generation as baby boomers uh, and the greatest generation pass away and pass on that wealth within that $41 trillion are financial advisors uh, that are going to uh, pass away, that are going to retire, that are going to exit the business. And there's so much room for kids to move in uh, and do exactly what I did. So my advice would, would be, you know, get out there and, and get an internship, talk with someone and see if it's something you want to do. I am so grateful that I w- went pre-dental and then I got that uh, internship with the dentist as a dental assistant. Because if I had not, I might be a dentist today and I would be extremely unhappy. So I'm so glad that I tried it out and I could knock it off the list and say, you know what? That just wasn't for me. Um, so get out there uh, and try it. Uh, as a financial advisor, you can have a spectacular living. I can't tell you how many people out there, my my peers, they're 20 or 30 years older than me, that uh, they have a family. They never miss one of their kids' basketball games. They're home by even 3 or 3.30 to pick the kids up. Uh, they're not even working 40 hours and they're making great incomes it's not um it's well i was about to say it's not stressful it's extremely stressful because you are entrusted with your client's life savings you do have to take that very seriously Uh, but the day-to-day you're just helping people Uh, and it is a great career that i would love uh, to see more kids go into and i would be happy to talk to anyone uh, to try to convince them to, to go in i think i just think so highly of this career wow
2: so what is a word or a phrase that you draw inspiration from every day? Um, I know you told us to live your life by design, not by default, but is there anything else that you like to kind of...
1: You know, I, uh, one of my goals is to... Uh, that I, I, I know it's not attainable, uh, but to be happy... It was actually my goal a couple of years, and I just stopped using it um, because it was kind of ridiculous, but to be happy 100% of the time was my goal for a year. Uh, and I think that that really... Um, people don't think about that that enough. When you're thinking about uh, what job you're gonna get, where you're gonna move for that job, um, I am, you know, me and my wife, are, my, my wife are very family-oriented, uh, so we want to be uh, close to our parents, close to our brothers, close to our sisters uh, all the time, and I am here to tell you that I have some uh, extremely wealthy clients, and I have some uh, great clients that uh, barely have a dime to their name, and the amount of money that they make, the amount of money that they have, has absolutely zero correlation to how happy they are. Um, But so many people just go after the dollar, go after that next raise, uh, that work a little harder at work, that miss, uh, in some cases I've heard of missing their kids' births because they were on some, had to go to some meeting or prepare for some meeting. And I just think that that is uh, not what life's about. Uh, You gotta try to work uh, to be happy now to be happy you have to have some sad times you have to have some stressful times so you know what it's like uh but to to work towards that and just know that money really is it's just the tool to get and not to be all end all so i would say um, what i'm always trying to do is figure out how to be a little happier um, Today is a great example. Mondays. Everybody talks about Mondays being being terrible. Case of the Monday. Case yeah. of the Monday. <laughs> exactly. And, and I will, you know, so today's Monday. It's raining outside. It's cold and dreary. It is a, what most people would say, a terrible Monday. Uh, but if you approach it, if you're... So last night, one of the first things I do when I wake up is I look at my, my app and I see how much deep sleep I've had. I track it every single day. And I know that last night I had exactly two hours of deep sleep, which I actually usually never happens, It's like 146 or something. But I know how much deep sleep I have. I got up. I made my smoothie. I went to bed early last night. I had my lists already before I got to work. I knew my six top things that I needed to do because I needed to come record this podcast this afternoon. So I knew exactly what I needed to do. I made it, and I know that I'm working out what we're having for dinner that we're watching uh, the new uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie tonight. Uh, just having that plan uh, if you you know living your life by design. I knew exactly what today was gonna look like, and when you do that, I have found that it makes you a little bit happier. You know what yeah. to expect. Cool. cool. Well, thank you so much.
0: That ends our conversation with Ross, but next episode we'll be hearing from Walton students about career fair experiences. If you want to prepare for that all important event, I recommend you first go back to our first season's episode with Renee Clay and then tune into the next episode. Thanks for listening.